This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Colossians 3 from 2 to 4. Set your mind on things above, not on things of on the earth, for you died. Isn't that amazing? For you died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him. It says here that we need to put our mind on things above. Many times in this world, our mind gets set on the things of the world. And when that happens, we usually get entangled. But scripture is so liberating, it says that we need to set our mind on things above. Because the old you is dead and it's hidden in Christ. That means the old Eugene is dead. But the one that now lives is hidden in Christ. Let's continue. But now you yourself are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Our new man is renewed according to the image of Christ. And those old things, we should put put them off. And that is many times a constant battle to put those old things off. But Christ is so clear is the old man is dead and there's a new man in us that is Christ, that is living through us. That's why we can put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language and lies. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. You see, God elected you. He elected me as his beloved. To be holy. Let's think about that for for a while. God elected me. He elected each one of us to be his beloved. To be holy. He's elected us. His love. Then it goes on and it says, But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in our hearts, 
to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. You see, that bond of perfection, that love bond of perfection, that comes out of our identity in Christ. It comes out of that place of being secure in the Father's love. A couple of, two weeks ago, or last week, Simonai brought a message about God's love. Now, how does, how does God look at Christ? If we look at where Christ found his identity, when he was, was here on earth, he found his identity in where Father God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You see, we can try and do a lot of things. We can try and stop the anger, stop all of those things that I read earlier. We can try in the flesh. Like when, when I didn't know Jesus yet, then I tried very hard to live sort of a religious life that, that I thought was pleasing to God. But when we find our identity in the love that God has got for us, then it changes. You see, many times we try and do things to become. We do a lot of things. We try to many times focus on, on the bad things. And then we would focus on the anger and the wrath and, and all these, all these things that, that we don't want in, in our lives. But once we know the Father's love, once we receive our affirmation from the Father, then that changes. Then our being changes. And when our being changes, our actions change. Then we can truly put on that perfect bond of love. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has complained against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. You see, our old nature needs to be traded for our new nature in the love of God as being His beloved, as being holy. Let's read, read further. Colossians 3 verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, spring, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. How do we let the word dwell 
richly in us. How do we do that? It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another. That word, admonishing, is an interesting word. It's, it's a word that we need to, like, admonish each other is to more than encourage, but reprimand each other in the word of God. And how do we do that? We do that in communities. You see, once we've, we go outside of community and outside the, that place where we've got brothers and sisters that is around us, it becomes difficult. But scripture says that we need to be that group. We need to be that, those encouragers that encourage each other with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. How does your community look? What does it look like there where you fellowship, in your small group, or at home, or in church? What does that, what does it look like over there? Are we encouraging each other with hymns and songs? Spiritual songs, singing with great grace in, in our hearts to the Lord. 1 John 1, 3 and 4 says, That which we have seen and heard we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. It's just so, so amazing. The, the people that we surround us with, those are the people that is taking responsibility for our encouragement. Who are we, you, taking responsibility for to encourage? We, we had an amazing um, week this week and one of one of our team members in in the Stellenbosch staff, the one of the pastoral interns, had an amazing opportunity this this week to go to Johannesburg, and somebody read his testimony in in a magazine, and they decided that they're going to fly him up so that he can share his testimony at at a school in in Johannesburg. So he went over to Johannesburg, and I'm not sure if it was Joburg or Pretoria, but in any case, um, <laughs> it's almost the same to me. <laughs> Pretoria. <laughs> and he just went to share his testimony. And there were so many students or scholars that came to Christ because he was obedient to go. He was obedient to go and share just his life testimony and people came to salvation. And we sent him out with encouragement. We said, go, go. Because the harvest is ready. The harvest is truly ready. It's waiting for us. True fellowship with the Father and the Son 
makes your joy full. When we are in fellowship with the Father and the Son, we have joy. If there's some of us here this evening that is suffering with depression or you're suffering with anxiety, I want to encourage you, come to the Father. Come to Him because as we have fellowship with Him and the Holy Spirit, He will make our joy full. He will make whatever held you back in the past, He will make it grow strangely dim, as Scripture says. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Now, this weekend, we went, we went away. We took Thursday off, Delita and myself and, and the two boys, and we went so, sort of glamping. We got this cabin next to, next to a river, and um, it was really, it was at the Kleinbrak River. I don't know, who of you guys go to Kleinbrak? It's, it's quite an amazing river because what I didn't know is that you don't get normal dam fish or river fish, you actually get saltwater fish. So we only have like two small little fishing rods. And I decided, no, we're going to take, take these fishing rods with, and then we'll try to, to catch some fish. And Daniel got for, for his birthday, he got like a little um, box full of, full of um, fishing kit and hooks and sinkers and spinners and all sorts of things that you that you might need um, to go fishing. And so we tried to fish with with a tackle that he that he got, but lo and behold, it was very cheap equipment. So there was like no fish that was coming out of that river. And you can literally see that the fish is like jumping all over. It's it's not as if there's no fish. So. We decided the next morning, okay, now we're going to go and look for, for a fish shop and a place that sells tackle, that sells the lures and, and all of that. And as we entered the, the town, we saw this, this one shop and I, we first wanted to, to go to Mossel Bay or to another big town, but then we saw this small little place and I said, no, we're going to go into this place because there should be local knowledge. There should be somebody that, that knows maybe a bit more than, than our fishing uh, abilities and, and our skills. So we got to the shop, and as we entered in, came up this young dude. He's probably 20, 19 years old with long hair. He reminds me uh, of, of some of you guys that's sitting here. When I still had hair, I could grow them long, but um, they are now to just look funny. <laughs> um, in any case, so, so this guy was, was, as we entered the shop, he was, I asked him, listen, we, we, yeah, and we want to catch some fish. And his face just shot up. It was like, wow, this is the best customers that he's ever seen. And you could just see the passion that was coming out of his eyes for fish. I mean, he, he was like, just so crazy about everything in the shop and he had to like um, hold himself back to to just like focus and and there was like other people that was also in the shop and it was just like he helped us and also other people but his passion went before him and 
So I ask him, so what should I buy? And he's like, if there's only one thing that you buy from this shop, I've purchased two of these because the one got lost when I, when it got in the reach. But this, this is the one that you should buy. And I'm like, whoa, dude, you are passionate. <laughs> and we ended up, we ended up going not only with that one, but with four or five other stuff and we spent more than what we bargained on. But the model of the story is, This oak is passionate about fish. He's so passionate, nothing can stop him. There's nothing more, he's in the best job that he can possibly be in, in in this fish shop. I suppose a better place would be on the water, but if he can encourage people, if he can encourage people, he's doing an excellent job and and i'm pretty sure he's just not even an owner of the shop he's just working there but he's got passion and i'm also very passionate about fishing my poor boy um he just wants to fish the whole time so we eventually went out fishing and um we caught some leerfish and in afrikaans it's called a leerfish and in english it's called a garrick, a garrick or a leerfish. And little Luca asked me, so, Papa, what leer hierdie vis voor? <laughs> Isn't it amazing? These four-year-olds, they come up with the most amazing sayings. Like, what does this fish learn for? You can't really translate it because then it would like, like a leather fish or learn fish. <laughs> On our way back, Daniel, I asked, um, Daniel, what is the English for, for uh, a leerfish? And then he said, Papa, that's a, a learn fish. <laughs> but what are we passionate about? Are we sharing those fishing stories in our communities? Are we going out? Are we going and actually going to the river to fish? Or are we just talking about old stories? What are those fishing stories that you need to go back to? What are those promises that God has laid on your heart about fishing? You see, Jesus was so amazing. He could get the disciples motivated out of fishing fish and fishing for people. Isn't that awesome? Our Lord motivated and showed the disciples the way to fishing people. Let's continue. Philippians 2 verse 1 to 2. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Philippians uh, and verse 3 and 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition, 
or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. What is it that Jesus cared for? That would make him come from heaven to earth. It was you and me that is sitting here this evening. He cared for what what was on the Father's heart. He cared. He truly cared. And scripture is so, so clear that we need to be of one mind. We need to renew our mind and we need to be about one mind. What is that mind? That mind is the love of the Father. You see, many times when we move out of that place of being secured in the Father's love, all those other things that I mentioned entered in. Lies start to come in. Our identity gets diluted. Our identity goes back to who we used to be. And our own interests become more important than the interest of others. Our Western mindset is so set on I, myself, and me. We had an interesting situation on our way back, and um, the letter really blessed me. I could spend some some time in preparation in the car. So I was sitting sitting in the back, and I was trying to just go through through the sermon. And she was driving, and we had one of the, the, the oldest sat in front, and the little one sat, sat at the back. And that was sort of the only way that we could really have a lot of peace in, in the car. Um, because otherwise, they just like, they just go crazy. But um, also, whilst driving, it doesn't really work if you're reading on a tablet. So um, <laughs> I wouldn't advise that to anybody else. But um, so... Whilst we were speaking, they, they were starting an argument. And both of them wanted to speak the same time. You learn so much in family. I can not stop to tell you of how much you learn in family. Yes, maybe you don't have a child yet. Uh, maybe you're not married yet. But you are a child of somebody. And... There were also valuable lessons that you learned in your family. Now, the, both of them wanted to talk first. How many times does that happen that you just want your, to say your say? And then the other brother would say, no, but it's my turn. And then we stopped the conversation. We said, nobody talks now. The one that allows the other that esteems himself lower so that the other one can speak. And fortunately, the oldest one said, but listen, let, let my brother first speak because the young one doesn't have the emotional intelligence yet. But um, <laughs> it's all a, still all about I, me, and myself when you fall. <laughs> but being of one accord 
fulfill my joy by being like-minded. And let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. You see, Philippians 2 verse 8, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus is the true example of humility, of coming and giving everything up so that we can be free. Corinthians 1 from verse 9 to 10, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And John 13, from 34 to 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. How will the world know that you are his disciple? How will the world know that? We'll only know that by the love that we have for each other. Maybe this evening you are sitting here and you are thinking of that person that has hurt you or that person that has come against you. But the Lord wants you to come to him. He wants you to set that person free because he has set you free. He has paid the ultimate price so that you and me can be free. Isn't that the greatest thing? But we should be known for the love that we have for each other. I'm really in awe of the team that goes to the trans parties on some weekends. I don't know, who of you know about the teams that does outreaches at the trans parties? Woohoo! Now, I went for, for the first trans party um, a number of years ago. And I must say, it was really difficult because it's just this constant music that it doesn't stop. It just like, it continues. Now, a couple of years ago, I'd probably be the first one that's there in the crowd. But um, through, through the renewal of Christ, um, something just changed. But we sent teams out to, to go and minister at the trans parties. And the testimonies are so amazing. Now, what they do when they go to the transport is they don't go out with this one aim of getting the whole transport, everybody come to come to salvation. Obviously, that is what they pray for. But the thing that they do is they love. They just go and they love. That's the only thing that they do. 
They pray and they love people. A couple of days ago, a couple of two months ago, I stopped at, at Bloomhoff High School for, for a meeting and the new lady that moved into, we've got a little flat that we rent out. She stopped next to me and I live in Somerset West, so chances that she would be stopping next to me in Stellenbosch is zero. And she got out and we started to chat and I asked her, so how's everything? Is everything um, still going well? And I've invited her to church a couple of times, but um, she never she never came because, you know, many times we actually have to invite our friends, the people that we know. The chances that they would come are much greater than just somebody that, that is a stranger. So that's a word for somebody here. We need to start to invite our friends to church. In any case, so this lady was climbing out and we started small talk. And then she said, no, but Sunday evening, she's coming to church. And I said, wow, that's amazing. Who, who invited you? Who, who else invited you? And um, then she said, no, there's this girl that she would never, ever have been friends with. But this girl was in that trance party business. She was in that scene and they were using a lot of drugs. And But so she knew this girl f- uh, from family or from somewhere, but she was never friends with her. And then something happened. She got baptized at Shofar Stellenbosch in November last year. And this girl's life was transformed. And now they are friends. And that just shows you what it means when we love somebody. They just love that girl. And as they loved her, her life was transformed. And she came into fellowship. And she got baptized. And her life was changed. I remember when we first went to these, these parties, a lot of people were saying, no, please don't go. This is not where you should be. But the harvest is there. The fish is there. We need to go and catch the fish. We need to love them and show them. Not bring condemnation. Show them the Father's love. When we show them the Father's love, He will draw close to them as He was already waiting. And they will see something of the Father. A couple of, two weekends ago, I was I went to Cool Bay for, to go and surf. And that's something that I used to do a lot but nowadays I don't get, get a lot of time. And as I, as I was walking down, I don't know if any of you have been to Cool Bay, but on, on the cave side. And um, so I walked down, and as I was walking down, the, the waves was quite big. And as we went down, I saw this person that was taking photographs of this half-naked girl that was standing on the beach. And I was so grieved. It was as if the Lord's Spirit was just over me that whole morning. And I didn't, I, I didn't anticipate what was going to happen. And as I got there and my friends went in for a surf, I just couldn't go in. I was restrained by the Holy Spirit to go in. And as they were taking pictures and they, they took a break, I was, I was almost shivering. Because of God's love, because of His furious love that is God for, for these two people. So I ended up 
sharing the gospel and just sharing how my life was transformed by the love of God. You see, there's a lot of people out there that might not look like you and me. But they might look like what we used to look like. But we can never, never ever be in a place of being prideful of who Christ made us. Never ever. We must be soft for the Spirit. We must be soft for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So that we can reach those that are broken. You see... The lost is walking around with a hole in their heart. You know the story. You were there once. And the only one that can fill that is Jesus. Is the Father's love. Is the only thing that can make sense of this life. Is when we are in the Father's love. I want to encourage you. May you be known for the love that you have for one another. Just two other things. As my time is up. What does the enemy try and do? He kills, steal, and destroy. And he tells lies. Those are the things that the enemy does. And what does he come to kill, steal, and destroy? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy our relationship. He comes to take our intimacy with God away. That is what he is after. You see, that is why it is so important for us to be in community. That's why it is so important for us to be in fellowship with each other. That we surround ourselves with people that loves us. That loves us more than what they love themselves. You see, in that place is true accountability. There might be some of us sitting here this evening... And you might have thought, oh, let me just come to church one more time. Maybe you are sitting here and you're contemplating. And you are thinking, I've been hurt. Maybe there are valid reasons. But I want to encourage you. Come back to the community. Come back to that place of being in fellowship. Because when we are in that place... We allow others to love us. We allow truth to be spoken to us. Because sometimes the enemy comes and what does he do? He takes our relationship with God captive. And then the next thing, he takes us out of community. He isolates us. And once we are in that place, he's got us. So I want to encourage you, those that have not been visiting your home groups, your fellowship groups, come back. If you've been hurt, 
come back and be the change. Be the one that loves the others more than yourself. Studies conducted by the APPA show substantial evidence that young adults who feel a sense of belonging in a community, particularly small communities, develop fewer psychiatric and depressive disorders and those who do not have the feeling of love and belonging. Even science is showing this. And the last scripture that I'm going to end off with is Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in praise. 4.32 says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of these things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Things that stands out in the first part is steadfast in the word, fellowship with the Holy Spirit and each other, breaking of bread and prayers. Those four things were keeping the first apostles together. Let us go back to that if we've wandered off. If the band can come up, Let me just read the last couple of scriptures as they come up. John 17, 21 and 22 says, That they all may be one as you, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Verse 26, And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.